0: at Revelation. We'll start at chapter 4 and wind up back at chapter 7. Helpful to have it open. God speaks it to us. We need his help. Let's ask him. My great God and heavenly Father, thank you for this word that you speak to us. Uh, please do work in us by your spirit through your word. In the Lord Jesus, Amen. So this is the last time we'll all meet here as part of the same church. And it is sad, but this is not the last time we'll all meet. At least not the last time for all, of those, all those of us who know God as our Father through Jesus, our Savior. We'll meet again. We'll meet again around the heavenly throne and it will be glorious. Then we'll be filled with joy at the sight of our Savior. Then we'll be glad we got to be part of God's work in one another's lives. During this time, we've been church together. surgeon so has been about living towards that day. It's been about seeing God tune our thoughts and conscience, our will and our passions, so that they fit with what he reveals about himself and his son. About ourselves, about fellow believers, about those who don't yet believe. It's been about loving one another, and men, women, and children in Brisbane, and men, women, and children among the nations, in Eurasia, and Japan. It's been about loving one another, loving others towards the last day. So I thought we'd spend our time in the Bible today hearing God speak about that day. Uh, the day history keeps moving towards, and will keep moving towards, the day when all God's people gather around his eternal throne. I will listen to what he says in chapters four to seven of Revelation, and then think briefly about life in the meantime. We see who is on the throne in chapters four and five. It begins by showing us God our Maker. He is on His throne. For outrageously uh, impressive creatures surround him. They constantly and always call out their awe and amazement at the greatness and holiness and eternity of God on his throne. Uh, chapter 4, verse 8, they say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Uh, further right from the throne are 24 elders. Uh, their gold crowns uh, mark their greatness. But in God's presence, they pull off their crowns. They fall to their knees. They worship the truly and absolutely great God. It's like they're thinking, how in heaven can we wear crowns that mark us as great when we're in the presence of the only one who is absolutely great? Continually and constantly, they recognize God's glory. Over and over and over, they throw off their crowns which honor them And they honor God and they cry out, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, verse 11, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and by your will they existed and were created. God, our maker, the perfectly holy and eternal God, is worthy of all praise from all creatures. Chapter 5 um, begins showing us God, our maker, holding a scroll. It's sealed with seven seals. An angel asks in verse 2, Who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one speaks. No one is worthy. The writer waits because he understands the picture. Uh, God's plan is on that scroll that God holds. And if no one opens it, what God planned will not be done. Verse 5, one of the elders says, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders we see a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns and with seven eyes and with the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. It's picture language to show us the resurrected and enthroned Lord Jesus Christ. The lion is the Christ descended from David. He has conquered. The lamb is the one who died as sacrifice and is raised again. He can open the scroll. And because he can open it, the things God planned will be done. Verse 7, he takes the scroll in order to open it. And the worship in heaven goes up a notch. Uh, the ones who spoke the holiness, eternity, glory, honor, and power of God our maker on his throne now sing a new song. And they sing it to Jesus, verse 9. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its sails. For you were slain and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you have made them a kingdom and priest to our God and they shall reign on the earth. Now God's plans are possible. Jesus, the only savior, has died and is raised. History can move towards an end that includes not only a just and fair judgments, but also a glorious salvation for men, women, and children from among all the nations. And heaven hears it. And they all say, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them say to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Chapters 4 and 5 show us God our maker and Jesus the only Savior on their throne, worshipped and honored as they are worthy to be worshipped and honored. Then in chapter 6, Jesus begins to open the seals. Uh, We see history in his hand. We see history unfolding according to God's plan. Because Jesus Jesus allows it. four horsemen come. Conquest, war, famine, death. They each bring disaster, they deliver death. But they come when they're told. They come with limits on what they can do. They are under the authority of the Lamb who opens the seals. And when he opens the fifth seal, we're shown that even the death of Christian martyrs is under his control. History unfolds according to God's plan and it unfolds under Jesus' sovereign care. You know I need to say that. We need to soak We need to let it soak through our thoughts into the depths of our hearts. That history unfolds according to God's plan and it unfolds under Jesus' sovereign care. See, life doesn't always give us the things we would have chosen. Some of it is disappointing, some genuine disaster. But life isn't what gives it to us. God has a plan. And the death and resurrection of the Lord Jesus has unlocked it. History is going somewhere. Our lives are going somewhere. The events of our lives unfold according to the plan of God who gave his son. The events of our lives unfold under the sovereign care of Jesus who died for us and is raised again. No matter what disappointments or disasters we face, we can trust them. Now you can mourn and grieve and groan. You can mourn and grieve and groan because the world is not what it should be. It's not yet what it will be. You can mourn and grieve and groan knowing that the Spirit groans with you. And trust that God is working His plan. That His good purpose will ultimately triumph. History unfolds according to God's plan and it unfolds under Jesus' sovereign care. When Jesus opens the sixth seal, uh, we see the end uh, chapters uh, 12 to 14 uh, mention things like the a great earthquake uh, sun become black moon like blood uh stars falling to the stars falling to earth uh, those those are ways that old testament uh, passages talk about the ends and at first all we see is the judgment that everyone deserves verse 15 everyone running from god Kings, great ones, generals, rich, powerful, slave, free. Everyone from the highest human to the lowest one. Everyone runs from God the judge. They look for somewhere to hide. They look inside caves under overhanging rocks. But they cannot hide. They cannot escape God the maker. God does not delight to judge. But he will judge because it would be unjust if he didn't. When he does judge, it will be perfectly just and fair. He knows all things. He knows how all the external influences bounce around and interact with uh, our, our internal thoughts and desires and passions. He knows what's pressed in from outside of us and what's risen up from inside of us. His judgment is perfectly just and fair. And he does not delight in it. But that doesn't mean it's minor. It will be awful. Verse 16, the the people who are about to be judged as they deserve run from God. They cry out to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath, their anger has come, and who can stand? They'd rather be crushed than face this judgment. It's horrendous to think, and it's worth thinking about. It's horrendous to think about what judgment must be like when they're thinking it would be better to be crushed. It's horrendous and it's tragic. It's tragic to hear who comes to judge. Listen, as they cry out, Hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. Hide us from the anger of the one who was slain as sacrifice. Hide us from the judgment of the one who chose to go to his own death in order to free people from this judgment. They ask, who can stand? And the answer is obvious that no one can stand against God or against his son when they come to judge. What John sees in the next chapter isn't what happens next. Uh, Chapter 7 rewinds to before the judgment falls. It rewinds to show us God's rescue. (laughs) John sees four angels hold back the winds. Uh, another angel comes with the seal, the seal of God in his hand and he calls out, do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the sealed the servants of God on their foreheads. Then John sees all God's people from every generation sealed and gathered. Uh, first the 144,000, each one numbered, each one sealed, all of them protected. All God's people gathered. Then verse 9, a great multitude gathered from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. Uh, More men, women and children than can be counted. Men, women and children from everywhere. All gathered before the throne and before the Lamb. All clothed with white victory robes. And verse 10, we hear them shout their joy. Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And their human voices are joined by all the voices of heaven saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Every rescued human is there because Jesus died. So they wear white victory clothes. They're conquerors because Jesus conquered. They're free from their sins because Jesus was slain to ransom them. Verse 14, uh, their filthy clothes have been washed in Jesus' blood. And now their filthy clothes are whiter than white. It's a strange image, but it works. Uh, clothes going into blood and coming out clean? Uh, they stand before God in clean clothes because Jesus died. Every man, woman, and child of them in that great crowd is affectionately accepted and stands forgiven before the judge as their affectionate father because Jesus shed his blood for them. They get to be part of the world they all want. They get to be part of the world where there is no more crying or dying, pain or shame. Verses 15 to 17 describe it. These ones, they don't hide from God on his throne. They serve and honor him. They enjoy the blessing of his shelter and care. No more hunger. No more thirst. No more attacks. Because the Lamb is their shepherd. The one who laid down his life for them keeps them in eternal life. And God wipes away every tear from their eyes. God's rescued people will get to enjoy the world we all want where there is no more crying or dying, pain or shame. And the best of all, the best of it is that we'll get to be with God on his throne. We'll get to be with the Lamb who was slain. At the end, he will bring us home. Meanwhile, we wait. It's weird to preach these things I've preached to you so often um, while we've been church together. But I think helpful because although we won't meet like this again, these eternal realities must continue to shape us. Faith is hearing God speak the Bible and acting as if what he says is true because we're convinced it is. So I want to encourage you, regardless of where you wind up next week, next year, years in the future, I want to encourage you to think and feel and live as if God is our maker and Jesus is the only saviour and they are on their throne and history unfolds according to their plan. I would encourage you to think and feel and live as if everything is moving towards the end when judgment will fall. When it will fall on everyone except those who know and trust Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you've heard these things, but you haven't gone all in with Jesus yet, don't keep putting it off. Nothing is more important. If anything else feels better or feels more important, you don't yet see things as they truly are. There's every reason to be convinced the gospel is true. There's every reason to be convinced the gospel is good your eternal future hangs on how you treat Jesus now. He invites you to come and find shelter in him from his judgment now. So you won't be trying and failing to find a shelter when there is none to be had when he comes to judge. He delights to save. He came to save. I urge you to trust Jesus, the only Savior, while you still can. Now, if you are saved by Jesus, hold on to the, hold, uh, onto those implications of his control and care that I mentioned earlier. And let this passage remind you of what you have been saved from. How grateful would you be to someone uh, who pushed you out of the way as a rock was falling and about to crush you? How much more grateful if they did it deliberately even though they knew that they themselves would be crushed instead of you. And Jesus did infinitely more when he suffered and when he died for you. He experienced God's judgments. He experienced the judgment you deserve so you can be forgiven. See what he did. Think about it. Soak in it. Prayerfully soak in it. Ask God our Father to work by his spirit as you dwell on his word. Keep asking him to so captivate you with his love for you in Christ that you'll be eager to please him in everything. Ask him to tune your thoughts, conscience, will and passions to his wonderful love and to Christ outrageously generous sacrifice thank and praise the father who gave his son thank and praise the lamb who was slain thank and praise Jesus who shed his blood to ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation thank and praise him and don't ever leave him you have nowhere else to go And whether you're with believers or unbelievers, remember they have nowhere else to go. You will never meet a mere mortal. Everyone is immortal and Jesus is the only Savior. Every man, woman, and child will be there at the end. You don't know anyone who won't be there at the end. Everyone will either long to escape the judgment they deserve. Everyone will either long to escape the inescapable judgment they deserve, or they will gather around the throne to delight in God our Father and Jesus who saved us by his sacrifice. So keep bringing that clear side of reality to your relationships. I've quoted C.S. Lewis before. I'll quote him again today. Um, There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilizations, these are mortal and their life is ours as the life of a gnat of fruit fly. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors everyone will either long to escape the inescapable judgment they deserve or gather around the throne and delight in God our Father and Jesus who saved us by his sacrifice. So I want to encourage you to see the truth about their eternal, the eternal future of people when you're with them. I want to encourage you to see the truth about the eternal future of people when you're with them. Believers and unbelievers, see what God has shown you in his word. See it by faith. See it by trusting God who tells you it's true. And act as if it's true because you're convinced it is. Ask God our Father to work by his spirit as you dwell on his word about them. Keep asking him to so fill you with his love, to so fill you, to keep asking him to fill you with love that fits eternal realities. Keep asking him to grow in you such a commitment to his family that you'll devote yourself more and more to seeing the believers you church with keep in step with the Spirit and not lose heart. Keep asking Him to grow in you such a concern for the people of Brisbane and the nations that you'll order your life more and more around seeing them meet Christ Jesus in whom you delight. The coming days, sorry, the coming day brings clarity to what love most desires for others. God's Word about how He works by His Spirit through His Word brings clarity about how love acts. It helps us know how to love people in Brisbane, Australia, Japan, Eurasia, among the nations. It helps us know how to love, to love by prayerfully speaking God's Word and by actively partnering with brothers and sisters both locally and globally. For as long as God's judgment is held back and delayed our Monday to Sunday, week after week, year after year, for as long as God's judgment will be held back, is held back, we'll live our days with people who will either long to escape, long to escape the inescapable judgment at the end, or gather around the throne and delight in God our Father and in Jesus who suffered to save us. Trust God's word on that. See them like that while you're with them. See God our maker and Jesus are the only savior on their throne. And know that history is unfolding according to God's plan and that it unfolds under Jesus' sovereign care. We'll meet again. We'll meet again around the heavenly throne and it will be glorious. Then we'll be filled with joy at the sight of our Savior. We'll return thanks for the joy we have. And we'd be glad that we got to be part of God's work in one another's lives during this season as church together. Let's pray. Great God, we thank you that you revealed to us things we would not know if you did not speak them. Thank you that we know you are on your throne, that your son has joined you there uh, as the son who gave himself To bring salvation and is raised again thank you for the assurance of your word that you are sovereignly in control and working out your plans and purposes that in the big sweep of things in the tiny details of life you are in control and working out your plan that jesus is ruling all things Thank you for the assurance of your sovereign care. Thank you for the wonderful rescue that Jesus has brought. Father, please do, please do help us not to take it for granted. Please help us to see what we genuinely deserve and what Jesus faced for us so that we'll have a better grasp of your infinite love Of the sacrifice Christ made for us. Father please do captivate us by your love for us in Christ. Please help us to live with that confidence that we are affectionately accepted by you already. Through what he has done as we put our trust in him. And Father knowing ourselves accepted and loved. We ask that we would be eager to please you in all things. Father thanks that you reveal the truth about the eternal future. Uh, for fellow believers, Father, we ask that you will, um, as we see one another as brothers and sisters in Christ who have one Saviour, one Father, worked in by one Spirit, Father, we ask that we would devote ourselves to seeing one another keep in step with the Spirit and not lose heart. Father, please do, you brothers and sisters around us, to keep us looking to you and to your son till the end of our days, that we would be among those who gather around the throne. And Father, please also, as we want to see fellow believers as people who will gather, please help us to see those who don't yet believe as those <laughs> who will be unable to escape the inescapable judgment if they do not turn to Jesus during the days of their life on earth. Father, please uh, cause us to share your concern for the gospel to be preached, for the Lord Jesus to be honored, your concern uh, for people to be saved. And Father, please, uh, while we're with those who don't yet believe, um, give us courage to speak, uh, courage to know what love desires, that they would turn and trust Jesus and be ready for the end. And clarity to know that it is you who must save. And so that we speak your word, asking you to turn hearts. We do ask these things all through your son, who is raised in glory at your right hand. Amen.